Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Corinne Morahan, founder and CEO of Grid and Glam. How are you doing today, Corinne? I'm doing well, and I love that intro. I'm a real entrepreneur. Yes, yes. All Kajabi customers are real entrepreneurs. But uh, today, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing more about how you became an entrepreneur uh, and learn a little bit more about your story. So perhaps just give us the elevator pitch for what it is you do. And then let's kind of rewind and uh, kind of I'd love to hear the story about how you got to, you know, taking this step in your, your career journey. Yes, I would be happy to. First of all, thank you for inviting me on here. This is exciting. And as I'm sure we'll talk about throughout the the interview, Kajabi really transformed my business. So Grid and Glam started out as a purely in-person organizing business. And our mission is to help our clients live a more intentional life or create a more intentional business, one with purpose, direction, and a lot less clutter. Um, So I had done the traditional work thing. I had worked on Wall Street and had moved out of New York, was living in the suburbs with my kids and life just started feeling a little bit unmanageable. So I went on a personal journey of decluttering and organizing my entire home and it changed my life. I got rid of all of the excess stuff And then something miraculous happened. I got rid of all of the excess plans and relationships and everything that wasn't working in my life. And I became a better mom, a better wife, a better friend. And I thought this would be an incredible gift to give to my clients. So I started an in-person organizing business where, where we would actually go in our clients' homes and help them declutter and organize. And I always had a bigger vision for the business. I didn't know exactly what that would be. I love teaching. Um, and I started out by offering organizing boot camps on Facebook and they did really well. They sort of took off and I thought this would be really great to turn it into something bigger. And in January of 2020, I brought this vision of these boot camps to life in the grid and glam membership. And it could not have been better timing because you know what happened in March of 2020, just a few months later, all in-person organizing had to shut down. We were not essential workers. So my entire industry, all of my colleagues who only had in-person businesses had to stop. But I had created this online platform and it took off. Of course, I could not have planned for that, right? The timing was just serendipitous for my business. Um, Obviously, not so much for the rest of the world. And the business has really grown from there. And since the beginning stages of having this organizing membership, which helps my uh, members get organized, I also now run two courses for professional organizers to try to help them diversify their revenue streams. Because we, if you know, we all learned a lot from the pandemic, but one of them as entrepreneurs and business owners is it's a risky proposition to have all your eggs in one basket. That is incredible. And uh, I, I want to just quickly attest to like kind of kind of quick pre-show. This is this is you you live this because I noticed you are looking when we had a producer on, you're looking in the background saying, What's all this go? Oh, are those all books? Like you are already in like organization mode, I think. <laughs> I, I can't not. I can't look at a space and not visually see how it could be made um 
just a little more streamlined. I am so glad that you cannot see what's behind these panels <laughs> because uh, I, I know this is an audio podcast, but behind me, I've got sound foam. If you were to look behind them and see the clutter, it would be very, very embarrassing. So. Well, now and it probably would be um, distracting for me. So you've got these nice sound pads and you're wearing all black. So to me, it's very streamlined. Thank goodness I set this up beforehand. Uh, <laughs> if you could see around it, we'd probably be flying you out to uh, <laughs> do some work. But anyhow, back to back to your story. Uh, I'd love to. That, that's that's really cool that you started out kind of uh, in the. Uh, I often refer to this as the physical space. Uh, I know that's kind of a weird way to uh, uh, phrase this, but you started out in person, on site. What was kind of the? I mean, obviously the pandemic you mentioned was you know one of the drivers, but it sounded like that may have happened even prior to the pandemic pandemic to where you decided to take kind of this business online. Is that correct? It is. I really wanted to impact as many people as I could. And hiring an organizer, the way that I was running my business anyway, was expensive. There are organizers at different price points, but we have a luxury high-end business. And so we were not for everyone. And I wanted to be a business that was accessible. I wanted to touch a lot of lives. I also love teaching and coaching. It's another passion of mine. And I just wanted more for the business. I think a lot of entrepreneurs start out with sort of like a fire in their belly and they have a vision, but it isn't fully formed. But the more you do, the more you put things in place, the more that vision comes to life. And so I could never have imagined the membership in its current form with over 600 members. And it's a multi six figure, um, membership because I didn't even know that a platform like Kajabi existed. I am not tech savvy at all. I'm a little bit on the older side too. Um, so just running a digital business was nothing that was front of mind for me, but yet I had this vision of running something bigger than what I was able to do in person. And it's also physically tiring to run an in-person organizing business. I was very hands to the ground. And, um, it was a lot. So yeah, it really had nothing to do with the pandemic. It just was good timing. The two programs I've created since the pandemic were fully born out of the fact that the entrepreneurial landscape has changed. So those two were, but the, the initial business model of this membership, um, really was just born out of this desire to impact more people. I love that. So very, very common. Like, I, I don't know what ultimately led you to Kajabi. Maybe we'll cover that today. But, uh, you know, it's very, very often that like when you're looking into a company, we talk a lot about like all of the we focus in on the fact that you've got a six figure business and and it seems all like magic. But undoubtedly for you, just to kind of put it in your terminology, there is undoubtedly some clutter uh, as you were getting started. So take us through like what that journey was like for you as you were kind of moving and making that transition into the digital space. Yeah, it takes me back. So I think it's a combination of lots of learning lessons, right? Being scrappy, Googling, trying to see what else is out there, but then also leveraging people that are smarter than you. So I had been running boot camps on Facebook that I was doing first for free. And then I was charging for them. And I and I thought, you know, okay, this is my MVP, my minimum viable product. I see that it works. It costs nothing to get it started. Let me see if I could actually create something from this. So I started looking into... Some 
some platforms that you could teach courses on. A membership actually wasn't even on my mind. And then to be completely honest, I don't even know how I'd heard about Kajabi, but somehow it, you know, came into my, my world. And I started looking into all of its functionality. And for an entrepreneur who's just starting out, it's expensive, right? I teach my coaching clients that this is not the platform to start out on necessarily, because you have to be able to afford, you have to at least be making enough money to pay for the platform. Right. And it sounds funny now, once you're making so much more money than the cost, but when you literally have $0 coming in from a digital product, you have to be smart about how much money you're investing. But I knew that I could make money from this. And I had come across someone who built a business, helping business owners design their Kajabi sites. And she really was, she runs her own business on Kajabi and she was just singing its praises, both from the um, ability to design something beautiful, because it is a big piece of my brand, the aesthetics, the client experience, the streamlined nature of it, but also the functionality. And while I cannot take credit for how our membership is built now, because I did have someone who was more tech savvy building it now that she's not in it, I am able to, you know, clone products and duplicate what we have. Like I can really manage it myself as a non-tech savvy entrepreneur. So that was really important to me because I know that it takes money and an investment to get something up and running, but you also don't want to feel like you have, will have to continually pay someone to make this business continue to run. It was important to me that it would be user-friendly enough that I could make it work for myself. And I have. Very cool. I'd love to zoom in a little bit on kind of, let's just say your first launch. I don't know what your structure was like. How did that, how did that whole thing go? Uh, it was really, really exciting. So building a really strong community was really important to me. So before I even thought about launching, I had focused um, a lot of time on Instagram and on Facebook, building a strong community, not a huge community, but just a strong one and building up buzz for this thing that was coming. I didn't even know what this thing was, right? I had this kind of vague idea of this way to reach more people. So we got a lot of buzz. And then I did a founding member launch. And at the time of the founding member launch, I had Kajabi, but I had nothing on it. There was nothing was built. Nothing was recorded because I didn't want to make a huge investment of my time, energy resources, if it wasn't going to be a thing. So we did a seven-day founding member launch, low price point, $39 a month or $390 for the year. And in seven days, we got over 300 people to sign up and we made $30,000. Wow. And so I thought, well, this, this is it. Like, this is a business now. This is a real business. And um, I was like, oh, shoot. Now I got to actually build something, right? I've got... Now I've got hundreds of people. I have their money in my pocket and now I got I have to deliver. Um, so it was... Um, it lit the fire under me to build something great. And I, I built it as we went along for the first few months. And then I said, this is insane. And I just sort of batch built um, the program for the rest of the year. So that was from probably January to June that I was doing that. And then April, which was a few weeks after the pandemic, I realized I've got another business idea in my head, which is to teach other professional organizers how to bring their businesses online. So then I quickly put together um, a program called Organizers Academy, which 
which teaches other organizers, not just how to bring their businesses online, although that's a part of it, but also really how to streamline and up-level their business. Because a lot of organizers are great organizers. They're not particularly business savvy. And I do have a business background. And then I found a gap between um, you know people who want to get organized, people who have these already established organizing businesses for those who want to start out a business. And so then I also created a course called Organizers Foundations um, that I built after I had finished building out Organizers Academy. So now I run those three programs online. But the success of that founding member launch for the Grid and Glam membership changed everything for me. That's awesome. I want to I want to look into that a little bit closer. I think there's something really cool there. Essentially, you sold the product before you created it, which is, uh, I think, incredible. I think it's something, it, it, you know, we refer to it as product market fit, like determine product market fit, because a lot of people move into this space and they immediately give up as soon as they realize what it takes to actually, you know, create a course or create that product for the end user. And they get stuck in that that creation phase. What was it for you that kind of inspired you to just move on, move on this? And what were the success criteria for you to ultimately move forward? Yeah, I mean, first, I'll say that, you know, that very much resonates with me. You probably don't know a lot of professional organizers, but we all tend to be perfectionists. I mean, I am, I call myself a recovering perfectionist right now. And, you know, I had this moment where I was thinking back on all the times in my life that I didn't do something because I was waiting for it to be perfect. Right. And then you also think about all those moments where you were really successful. Were they the moments that you overthought things for, you know, a million hours, or you really just took the plunge. And I just decided I would rather try and fail. I'd rather put myself out there and have this be nothing than never try. But I read Lean Startup, right? I knew enough about the business world to know that it's just not a smart business practice to build out an entire product that you think someone will like. If you're doing that, you're doing that because of your own fear or your own perfectionism or your own ego. You're not actually doing that because that's what the clients need. So you have to you have to have enough information that you come to market with something that you think your clients are going to want, but then you have to listen to them all the time. And we are continually making our products better and, and, and refining them. And if you, if you don't love that, you're probably not cut out for entrepreneurship. But the thing is, I didn't love that before starting this either, because I am someone who can be fairly rigid and inflexible and wants things to be perfect. But you have to realize that the fun is in the process and is in the journey. And to be a really good business owner and to have a success business, you can't just build something you want. You have to build something that people will buy and that people want. And the real magic is if people want to buy the thing you want to build, right? That's the dream that you actually really love and enjoy your product, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, if you think about it, like a Venn diagram, there will be things that you love that the clients don't want something that the clients want that you don't want to build, but where there is overlap is where the magic is. But the reality, is you still oftentimes do have to give them those pieces, even if they're things you don't love so that your product can be successful. But if you're not listening to them and getting that information and getting that feedback, um, you're, you're really uh, missing out on the opportunity for longevity. Yes. And that's that's definitely one of our core philosophies here at Kajabi too. Like uh, our customers, are our number one core value are Kajabi heroes. So we completely resonate with that. I think another thing that you touched on that I'd like to dig into a little bit further was when you talked about kind of pre-building your audience, which what were like, what were the criteria there? Like what, how big did that audience need to be? Like you, you mentioned strong, not necessarily enormous. Like how did yeah. you define that? 
Well, let's, I mean, you know, I don't know what the typical age of your audience is. I'm in my forties and I like could not have cared less about social media before I started this business. I am not someone that spends time consuming anything on social media. I'm just not, I'm living my real life in the real world. So I just kind of didn't get it at first, but then I thought, all right, I want to be a good business person. I want to be strategic about this. And um, I started like, I didn't even have a personal Instagram account. So I started an Instagram account and and I, of course, had a... Um, given my age, of course, I had a personal Facebook account. But I created one for business too. And I just started showing up all the time, consistently. And I realized from the beginning that I'd so much rather have an engaged audience that actually cared that I was showing up. You know, And to show up that way, you totally have to put your ego aside and just really listen to what people want. But the, you know, something miraculous happens when you do that is you realize it's not about you anymore. So you don't have to be insecure about what you're saying or what you're putting out there because you're not, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it to help people. And I always had in the back of my mind, like, don't, and I still think this to myself now, every time before I post, don't post something without knowing the intention of what it is. Like what, what is the purpose of this? Who is it going to help? Now, sometimes it's by sharing something, you know, life-changing, like an organizing tip. And sometimes it's sharing the lip gloss that I'm wearing because lip gloss is pretty and people want to know what that is also, right? It doesn't have to be something so deep necessarily, but just something that will add value to at least one person's life. And, um, I did have a substantial following by the time I launched the membership. I really, really wanted to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram so that when I had my founding member launch, I could have a swipe up to it because we know, um, how, you know, how people work. They want the lowest hanging fruit. They don't want to have to take an extra step to click the link in your bio. They will, of course, if that's the only option for you. But I did have just over 10,000 followers. And again, that was just, it, it was part strategy because I really focused on building that. But um, some of it was ju- just also lucky timing. And then since then, I've spent very little time trying to grow my Instagram and a lot of time really focusing on keeping the followers that I've had engaged. And it's it's been an effective strategy for me because those followers have stuck around. They're the ones that continually buy and invest in my programs and are big cheerleaders for Grit and Glam. I really resonate with that. Like I, I, I too was also not on the social bandwagon. So I'm really interested. How did you how did you get from zero to one coming from that mindset? Like what was the thought process other than I know I need to do this? Like how did you even begin to build that audience? I'm a big believer in energy and I really would bring an energy to, you know, when I would show up on social media of like, who can I inspire today? How can we get some buzz around this? How can we make it fun? How can we make it a little sexy? How can we make it maybe even a little mysterious? Like what, what's happening here? And in the beginning, I mean, it, you know, it was one followers, 10 followers. My big goal, um, I did open a personal Instagram account, which has 198 followers. I think. And my big goal was just to surpass that number. I was like, if I can get more business followers than personal, I will feel like I made it. And I think it sounds funny, but it's so many of us, I think, start out and we're like, I need to be a seven figure business. I need to have 10,000 email subscribers. I need to have a hundred thousand followers, but you don't realize that each number is a person that matters. That's taking the time to follow you. That's making the choice to be in your space. And so it was that combination of trying to make it fun, 
fun and enjoyable and educational, but also really valuing everyone's time who was showing up. And it kind of just spread from there. Now, you know, this was, when was it? Um, the, it was like January, 2019. So even in these three years, Instagram's changed. It is harder. I think now to come to market and to grow as organically, it, it changes so much in such a short amount of time. But, you know, and even back then, even though I was late to the game at that time, organic growth was a lot easier than I think it is now. Uh, for you, was that entirely organic growth or did you have like a viral moment? It was all organic. I was strategic about it by doing follow Fridays, which I don't even think are a thing anymore. Um, and participating in some smaller giveaways. I'm still waiting for my viral moment all three years later. Right. And I've slowly, slowly crept up to my, I think I have 30,000 followers now, but there was never one thing. And you see it happen, right? People have a viral reel and will gain 13,000 followers in one day. Someone in my, um, coaching program that happened to her. It's never happened to me. It was um, gaining a follower at a time. It was gaining 150 followers and then losing a hundred of them, right? Because they, you know, it's gain, loss, gain, loss. I've really tried not to focus on the numbers because I know for sure that the amount of followers you have on social media does not equate to your business success. I know so many seven figure entrepreneurs that have less than 5,000 followers. And I know so many um, influencers who have over a hundred thousand followers that don't even make six figures. So it really depends on what your goals are. My goal has always been to have an engaged audience because first of all, they're nicer when people are like, want to be around, they, you know, you don't get as many negative comments, which as much as you want to say, like, doesn't matter. It's hard when you have a lot of negativity coming into your space, it's hard to brush that off. So I find that I have a super positive audience and ultimately we're doing this because we want customers and you, a few customers that will actually buy from you is so much better than tons of tons of people that are taking your energy, taking your free content and are never going to give you a dollar. Yeah, that's a a really cool, uh, I guess, philosophy. It sounds like you approach this in the same way that you approach all of your business items. Just deliver value, deliver value one day at a time. So three years uh, roundabout from zero to, you know, X amount of followers. I I think that that what's what's so cool about that is a lot of people, as you were saying, you you, know, you, you expect that viral moment. You're looking for that moment that just suddenly you launch off to success. But the journey is really, uh, you know, that like I, I imagine uh, and I want to know your thoughts on this. But part of that journey, probably some of the lessons learned throughout that process really were the factors that ultimately dictated your, your actual success in this space. So were there any, I guess, any uh, findings or any any lessons learned throughout that process of beginning to build your audience? Yeah, I mean, some of them I've talked about already, which is the piece of really listening to what your clients want and being able to be flexible and pivot where you need to. You know, you have an idea, a business idea in your mind that you feel so strongly about and that it's going to be successful, but you cannot have an ego if you're building a business because if you stick so strongly to what you think is right and that's not what customers are willing to buy, then your business isn't going to last. And so I think, you know, really being flexible and listening to what customers want and really trying to enjoy the process of it. And I think, you know, listen, I love money and I'm, I'm as vain as anyone in terms of wanting these things, or I was at the outset, but what you realize is, and truly, um, it's hard work. I mean, this is not, this is not for the faint of heart, but I think 
it makes it that much more satisfying when you realize that everything you get is from the hard work. It's from being strategic. It's from providing value. It's from showing up every day. And then what has happened to me, and I think this is probably the case for other entrepreneurs, you start, not that you lower your your goal, but you realize in the process of building this business you love, you've built this life you love. And what do you, do you want to keep chasing numbers for the sake of numbers? Or do you want to enjoy what you've built and recognize that it might take a little bit longer, but the, the beauty of being the business owners, you can decide like, it's not a race. There's no finish line. You're not competing against anyone else. It's just you and your journey. And that to me has been so satisfying. I mean, I truly have a more satisfying life now than I ever had. And part of it was that process of decluttering my house. And a big part of it was building this business that's so satisfying and rewarding and that touches so many lives. And, you know, like most entrepreneurs, the first year and a half of my business, I worked nonstop all day, pick up my kids from school, work all night, work at least one full weekend day every, you know, for an entire year. Um, it was a lot, but then I got to the point where I have money. I could hire a team. I could outsource the things that I don't love doing and really focus on the things I love. And now I have a business that has monthly recurring revenue that comes in regardless that I can pay my team with, I can pay myself with. Right. So it's, it's that slog of all of that time, all of that energy, but then you build, you know, like the misnomer of passive income, right? There was nothing passive about that year and a half. And we still very much focus on our customer satisfaction. We show up in our, um, in Kajabi every day, answering quiet client questions. And we show up on, in our Facebook group every day, but in, in many respects, it's passive income that keeps coming in month after month, but that doesn't happen overnight. That was multiple launches stacked on top of each other. And, you know, hundreds of people that are then paying the fee. We raised our, um, the membership started at 39 a month. We raised it to 59 a month. Now it's 97 a month, right? So you stack these launches on top of each other. It's more people coming in. It's more monthly recurring revenue. And all of a sudden you're like, do I have a seven figure business? Not yet. I will get there. But that was the, that was the big dream in my mind. And then you realize, oh, well, there's a, there's a lot of money between zero and a million that can change your life as well. Yeah. I, I love that uh, little snippet of uh, it, that passive income was not passive, passive for the first year and a half. That's something that, you know, so many people in this stage, I think they get hyper-focused on, you know, generating passive income. But the reality of that is, is the the work that goes into building that passive income stream, you know, is, is a big process. So, uh, you know, is there anything if you were to, if we were to hand you a time machine um, going back that you would tell yourself, like what, anything you'd do differently throughout the journey? That is a good question. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so cliche to say like it all happened for a yeah. reason <laughs> or learning lessons. You know, I think um, I, I worked so much at the detriment to my physical health. Um, I was not, I mean, when I say I worked all the time, like I, you know, I'd put my kids to bed and after dinner, and then it was like next round, like next meal to fuel this next several hours of work and then not sleeping and then do it all again. I'm very fortunate that I have a super supportive husband who would take my kids on the, you know, they're his kids too, but take them <laughs> like for the, on the weekend so that I could work more. It's not that I regret the time away from them because I'm someone that like needs to work a lot, but, um, I really was not that healthy about it. Now, do I wish I had done it differently? Not necessarily because all of that time and energy I put in now put me in this place where I only work at night 
I, if I really want to, like if there's something I just can't not work on, cause I love it. I very rarely work on the weekends. I'm taking all of August off, right? I wouldn't be in this place now if I hadn't put that work in, but I think if I hadn't stopped at that point, like the, the year and a half mark and, and outsourced, it could have been, it would have been a very different, I mean, I would have burnt out and I would not have the business that I have now. And so I say it not to say that I wish I had done anything differently, but more as a cautionary tale that when you feel like you're at that burnout or breaking point, you have to stop, you have to get help. You have to bring in self-care because ultimately we're, we're running these businesses so that they have long-term success so that we have money coming in, not just when we're working every second, but you're building structures and systems and workflows so that the business can run without you in it every second. Um, and so you, you really have to just manage that. I know burnout is a real thing for entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I think what I have shown myself now these past several months is the money doesn't stop coming when you take a break, right? If you've, if you've put in the work, if you've been strategic, if you've set up the systems correctly, you then do have this breathing room to take a step back and realize that the the business is going to keep going on. And that's extremely satisfying. That's, that's an incredible part of the story that I'd love to, I, I kind of get, get an even better understanding of what else has changed for you coming from starting this from the ground up. Like what is different about your life today? You, you you no longer are tied to the business. You're no longer working late nights. Like what what else uh, has changed for you? The the true biggest life changing shift and this and I truly so when you got when Kajabi reached out and was like do you want to be on I'm like I'll do anything to express my love for this platform because it really changed my life satisfaction by having this business and um you know I remember so graduated college and I worked on Wall Street and I, I knew it wasn't the right fit but I love making money and there was this book at the time that everyone was reading like called what color is your parachute? And it was basically like, what are you meant to do with your life? And this was back in 2001. Um, but really uh, for almost two decades, or I guess 15 years before I started this business, it, every year I went through this process of like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my life? I had started other businesses. I had made a lot of money. I have an amazing husband and beautiful house, these great kids. I could not find that satisfaction. And yes, part of it is that journey of like finding it from within. But if you are someone that loves to work and wants to make an impact on the world, that's nothing you can find in yourself, right? You have to actually be doing that. And starting this business has filled that hole like completely. I feel like I feel so blessed that I get to wake up every day and do something that I love. And every day I do something that scares the crap out of me. Every day I have to do something in my business that scares me. And I, and for a while I kept waiting for that feeling to go away. And then I realized this is, this is the feeling of being an entrepreneur, of doing something scary every day of doing something that gets you out of your comfort zone. But there's just this incredible life satisfaction, but that happened really even before I realized that I had the power to, um, just slow things down. So first it was feeling that satisfaction and recognizing I don't have anything to chase anymore. I've got it. So then now let me build the rest of my life to reflect the satisfaction that I feel inside. So what does it look like on our weekends to just have total freedom to do whatever we want to, I'm not a big TV watcher, but my kids like to watch TV. So every night I can hang out on the couch with them while they watch TV, right? It's the beauty in the little moments. It's nothing huge, but it's feeling just this deep satisfaction. And then being, you know, being able to give that to 
other people, to show them that you can be really happy. You can live. I mean, I live a boring life in the suburbs with my husband and kids, but I am so happy and so satisfied and showing other people that they can have that too. And actually helping them build that through the work I do, either through helping them streamline their home homes or helping them build businesses that they love is so deeply satisfying that it truly has transformed my life. That's amazing. I, I, how do you fill that pipeline of doing something scary every day? I imagine for like day one, I was like, oh yeah, I've got this down. <laughs> day 365, like how, how do you keep that coming? It's a lot. I mean, so every day I wake up and I think, what is the pit in my stomach for today? And then I look at the calendar and I say, oh, it's these two things I have to do today that are really scary. And then I had heard something once that is really interesting that it's um, anxiety and excitement feel the same in your body physically. It's just a reframe. So sometimes I'll feel really scared about something, but what I will try to tap into is the excitement of it. Like without doing this thing, nothing big is ever going to happen. And the beauty of getting older is you realize like you really realize like we get one life, you get one shot. This is not a dress rehearsal. If you are not going to take these risks now, you are literally never going to do it. And are you okay with that? Is that what you want for your life? And I decided I was not, that's not what I want. I'd rather live and push through that fear, have that pit in my stomach and know that I did something than think, well, I played it safe, but at least like I didn't have a stomach ache, right? Like that, what do you, what do you want? Like you, you just, you just have to do it. Corinne, this is this is absolutely amazing. Uh, I think there's some incredible, incredibly inspiring content throughout this discussion that entrepreneurs all over are going to love to hear. Uh, if anyone is interested in learning more about your uh, organization business or any of your courses, what's the best way for them to look into that? Um, I show up a lot on Instagram. It is the easiest way to find me at Grid and Glam, G-R-I-D-A-N-D-G-L-A-M. And the link in my bio there takes you to my my beautiful Kajabi website, um, where my entire business lives. And you can find out all about, um, the Grid and Glam membership, the programs that I have for professional organizers. We have a blog. If you want organizing tips, I have a newsletter that I send out and really, truly, we want people in our space that want to create a better life for themselves. You come into our space and you don't ever have to spend a dollar with us. And my hope is that you will find a lot of value and a lot of inspiration. So come over, come see say hi. I am very active in my DMs. To me, that is the most satisfying part of Instagram. In full disclosure, my team does all the rest. Anything else you see on there, but I am the one in my DMs. And I love um, I love when people reach out and say hi. I love answering business questions because it's not easy. What It's not easy what we do. And you have to believe in yourself. You cannot give up. You have to be your own biggest cheerleader. I, I don't know if this is even possible, but if you could pick one organization tip to share that would give us the give us this all-encompassing answer to organization in our life uh what's your what, what's your top i know there's probably a million on your instagram but like what's your favorite well so the, i mean it's kind of big picture but when when we talk about a system a system just means a way of doing something but if you create a way of doing something for everything in your life it doesn't even matter what it is all of the sudden you take out a million decisions in your day that you have to make like i don't ever have to decide 
decide where I'm going to put something. I don't ever have to decide where something goes. I don't ever have to decide in what order I'm going to do anything. So you know what I can do with all those decisions? I can throw them into my business. I can have so much more of a productive life because I'm not wasting my decisions, figuring out how I do something. Most of our day-to-day looks the same for all of us, but most of us don't spend the time to systematize what that actually looks like. So it really actually doesn't even matter what it is, but it spending the time to set up a system, like even as simple as when do you check your emails? Do you check them haphazardly throughout the day? Or are you going to set aside two or three times a day to check it so that you're not constantly distracted, right? I mean, that times a million, but just bringing that awareness to the way you go about your day, it buys you back so much time and energy. So I would say just start by being aware of the things you do every day and and what are little ways you could just systematize it to get that time back. It's like the Steve Jobs, uh, the polo and jeans thing. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. And um, Zuckerberg with the t-shirt and the sweatshirt, decision fatigue. We have a finite amount of decisions we can make in a day. Don't waste them on stupid things. And so much of what we decide doesn't move the needle for us. So get your decisions done and then use that brain power to build a company. I mean, everyone that works for me is a woman. Most of them are moms, right? Like I'm not just changing the lives of my customers. I'm changing the lives of the women who work for me. Like do something better with that brain power than deciding where you're going to put your toothbrush every day. Well, speaking of decisions, a huge thank you to you for deciding to join us. Um, a huge thank you to all of our listeners for deciding to listen to us. We we genuinely hope that you'll continue to make this an easy decision to listen to. Um, on that note, if you can make that decision to subscribe, share this information with your friends. I know that there are tons of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs out there that would love to hear some of this great content that was shared by Corinne today. So with that said, thank Thank you again, Corinne, for joining us today. Really appreciate having you. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Well, again, to everyone, thank you for making that decision to join us uh, on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Again, if you'd like to look into Corinne, it was Grid and Glam on Instagram. Thank you all for joining once again, and we will see you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. this episode help inspire you to start your own online business with Kajabi? If so, head on over to kajabi.com slash edge or mention the Kajabi Edge podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us field when signing up on our homepage. Listeners who sign up from our show will receive an additional success call with one of our customer success managers on top of the call all new customers receive. That's two calls to help guide you along the way to success. So head on over to kajabi.com slash edge. That's K-A J-A-B-I dot com slash E-D-G-E and start writing your story.